When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sam Matterface. And to round off the week, myself and Alex Crooks spoke about Marco Silva being offered £40 million to leave Fulham and head to Saudi Arabia. With Mitrovic wanting out and Jao Polinho's future in the balance, what next for Fulham? We also speak to Brighton striker Danny Welbeck, Ipswich captain Sam Morsi ahead of the new season and discuss Manchester United's new captain Bruno Fernandes. Plus the Women's World Cup featured an in-stadium announcement of VAR decisions for the first time. Former referee Mark Halsey joins us to analyse how it came across. Yesterday morning we did get a rather critical tweet. What did it say? I can't remember. It basically accused you and I of peddling the Fulham in crisis line uh, because two squad players had left. I mean, one of those is Manuel Solomon. I would suggest he's maybe a bit more than a squad player. But also, we were talking about doubts over the future of Mitrovic, Paulinha, and indeed Marco Silva. And then I was in the gym with you yesterday, wasn't I, when I got the call to say that Fulham seriously concerned that Marco Silva will accept this big money offer from Saudi Arabia. So you could frame it that we were peddling Fulham in crisis, or you could just catch it that we alerted to you uh, to it before it happened. Uh, let's go back a couple of weeks. Here's Tony Khan talking to this station about the future of Marco Silva back in May. I think Marco has a great relationship with everyone at the club and especially with me. I have a great relationship with Marco. I really uh, like working with him and I think it's been a great success. We've had a couple of great seasons working together and I look forward to the future and I think the summer we have a chance to build on the work that's been done. I think he's done such an amazing job coaching this squad well that was tony khan giving an interview back in may about uh, marco silva in recent days he gave an interview to the dan Lebartard show an american sports show in which he came out with some explosive comments about the saudi regime which suggested that he could sense something was coming and that's something that was coming down the track was alexander mitrovic being the subject of a bid from saudi arabia and marco silva being offered the chance to become our Achilles coach on maybe one of the best contracts in the world with a £40 million salary. And it's pretty easy to get him out of Fulham because he's got a £6 million release clause. So how far is this down the track, do you think? 
Well, I think Fulham fear it's quite a way down the track. As you mentioned, he's only got a year left on his contract. They've been trying to extend that deal for some time now. Uh, I believe he's recently switched agents, which is usually a sign uh, that maybe a manager wants out. And if you look at Marco Silva's career in the dugout, he doesn't tend to stick around anywhere for very long. <laughs> he was at Estoril for three years, right at the start of his career. A year at Sporting, a year at Olympiacos, less than a year at Hull. Six months at Hull. Then Watford, and we all remember how he forced his way out of there to go to Everton. That didn't end well. So if there's one Premier League manager that you feel could be tempted to take the Saudi money, it would be Marco Silva. And the fact that Fulham are already actively looking at replacements suggests they're preparing for the worst. Yeah, and that would mean, if you look at their squad from last season, with Mitrovic and Polina's future up in, um, especially up up in the air. We're not entirely sure about what's going to happen with Polina because I remember alerting you to the fact that Polina was on the list for West Ham United and now that's further down the track. They're sort of going back and forth. They're going to put another bid in today, right? Yeah, although at the moment uh, that may have hit a bit of limbo because all of Fulham's attention is taken up with the Marco Silva situation. So um, we'll see where that one goes. But yeah, certainly yesterday I was told that West Ham readying a second bid. I think it we nearer the £50 million mark. Will that be enough to tempt Fulham? Who knows? What's also interesting is that uh, Paulinho has also been offered to, to Chelsea, but apparently doesn't fit the profile they're looking for. Why is that? At the age of 28. Oh, right. Okay, he's too old for Chelsea. 28. Well, it, well we know they like to dish out long-term contracts. If they were to give him a five-year deal, he'd be 33 by the time that came to an end. There's well, not they, much resale seven, value. seven or eight-year contract, isn't it, for players at Chelsea, in which case he'd be getting his pension he'd by the time he's finished. He'd be older as you, finished. if he got that. <laughs> almost, almost. Um, but this is a problem for Fulham, isn't it? Because ultimately, I mean, you've already spelt it out. One year at Sporting, one year at Olympiacos, six months at Hull, six months at Watford, year and a half at Everton, two years at Fulham. This is a guy that does move around a lot. So Fulham fans maybe can be forgiven for thinking, you know, right, okay, we knew this was going to happen. If, if there's Fulham fans that are sitting there going, yeah, well, we're quite comfortable with it because we knew that Marco Silva was going to only stick around for a short period, two years, actually the longest he's ever spent anywhere since he was at Estoril. So maybe you've got the, the most out of him that you can. But if you're Marco Silva and you're looking at the squad, so far, what have they done to improve the squad from last year? Others around them have improved the squad. If they're going to lose Paulinho and lose Mitrovic, you can understand why he's thinking of something new especially when someone's offering £40 million. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Max is a Fulham fan. Hello. I think we'll be banging trouble, to be honest with you. I think we massively overachieved last year, and the main reason for that was the fact that we got Paulinho, and he was the best signing since Moussa Dembele about 10 years ago. No, he was cracking. Mitrovic's goals going. That'll be the end of that. And then Marco Silva, you can't blame him, I'd believe, for the money. But we'll be a lot. We'll be in a lot of trouble next year. We expect a swift re resolution on this, bearing in mind that Fulham have only got three weeks before the uh, start of the season. But also, and this is important, they're all on a US tour at this moment in time. And he's very much part of that at the moment. So, so is Mitrovic. It will be interesting to, to see if questions are being asked in the dressing room. You, we mentioned one possible successor, uh, Javier Pereira, who currently is managing over in China. He was assistant, I think, at Fulham and also worked alongside Tony Khan. I've actually just been sent uh, a message by the same source who told me he was a contender, that he is uh, destined to stay in China. They're top of the Chinese Super League, uh, his side. So at the moment, doesn't look like that one uh, will happen. He'd rather stay in China. 
<laughs> we, we're giving Fulham fans all the good news this morning, aren't we? Uh, Graham Potter, a possibility you would have thought. Yeah. We were talking about uh, this yesterday and you Gary felt O'Neill he would be a, a good fit. tipped up by someone just a moment ago. Uh, Max is a, a Fulham fan. Who would you like to replace Marco Silva should he leave? Because I've only loaned the new since yesterday, but I mean, you say Graham Potter and Gary O'Neill, these are managers that have just been fired. So you need someone who comes in with their own perspective. And like Marco had a challenge from the championship. This is somebody who's coming in with three weeks, no signings, losing their two best players. It's going to be trouble for whoever. Graham Potter's a very good manager. Graham Potter's a better manager than what we saw at Chelsea. He walked into a situation that was completely removed from his comfort zone. Probably, in all honesty, didn't have the personality for that job. I think if he went to a club like Fulham, I think quickly you'd you'd see what a good coach he is. But I still wouldn't, I'd rather have Marco Silva than him. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Manchester United have named Bruno Fernandes as their new club captain. The announcement comes after Harry Maguire said he was taken, uh, he was stripped of the captaincy on Sunday after being given the armband in January 2020 by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't think you were uh, wholly convinced about Bruno Fernandes uh, taking the armband when we talked about this on Monday. You you sort of said that you wouldn't be against uh, Martinez, Casemiro taking it. Now you're backtracking and saying it's the obvious choice. So because I back the case for both Casemiro and Martinez while also saying I think it will be Bruno Fernandes and I understand the reasoning that means that I'm not behind Bruno is that, is that how you're not behind it but I just how I can see. This up? I can see that you uh, you were sort of you know just switched slightly over the last couple of days once it became apparent that this was going to be the case. I'd, I'd love Your to emphasis. hear. I'd, I'd love emphasis. to hear the audio again. I think Your what I said was that Manchester United almost had to make Bruno the captain. He wore the armband so much last season that That's they a didn't. Ring in endorsement, isn't it? It he, would be a snub. To. Well, no, but listen, that, that Liverpool game, he didn't cover himself in glory. I was on air that night it was one of the worst nights of my broadcasting career watching the goals rain in at Anfield but uh, while Bayo Akinfen was absolutely berating me from the opposite side of the studio however I I think he has proved himself a leader if you go back particularly that lockdown season you look what he did there for Manchester United he was the the driving force he's got a tremendous engine you know he's going to be there Week in, week out. I think he played more games than any player in Europe last season. Eric Ten Hag, very much behind this decision. He believes that Fernandes has inspirational qualities on the field, in the dressing room, the way he conducts himself around the club. Interestingly, I'm told that Ten Hag also values the knowledge of the game that Bruno Fernandes has, the way that he communicates with his teammates and the fact he represents the culture and the standards at Manchester United. What I think they do, do want to do, and you'll see this in the signings they've already made, you know that Mason Mount, despite the fact he's still relatively young, is is a, a good leader, a good character. Clearly, Anana's got a bit about him in, in that respect as well. I think they want to build a team of leaders, much like a lot of clubs have got now, this a leadership, leadership group, yeah. group. I was speaking to Dan Byrne about this at Newcastle. They've got a leadership group made up of him. Uh, Callum Wilson, Kieran Trippier is on it as well. And they really take the lead role in the dressing room. And I think that's that's the modern way now. You don't get the sort of John Terry, Roy King type captains. I think captaincy has is, is, is become a, a very different armband to wear than the one that maybe and they did when we were growing and that, up. And that's great. It was nice to hear the, the, the Manchester United PR briefing. But um, what about the... Um, 
What, what about the feeling that many fans have got that sometimes he can be a little bit too demonstrative and moany on the pitch and that sometimes isn't a great look? Many fans or many rival just, fans? No, 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 no I don't, I don't are, think it's many Manchester United fans. In fact, you heard... OK, maybe it's not many Manchester United fans, but you did hear one even then, just on our little clip that we played. And in fact, when we did a discussion about this on uh, the Sunday session this Sunday, we had a, a few Manchester United fans ring in and say just that, that they didn't want Bruno to be the captain. They wanted Casemiro or Lissandro Martinez to be the captain. Look, I think Bruno should be the captain because I think he so is... So you're just trying to create an argument. It's our final show together. I'm not creating an Peace argument. Peace and love and you just want it's to call, row. It's called about debate. I know you're too tired to have one today because <laughs> the week's taken its toll on you. But I'm just trying to, uh, you know, pl play devil's advocate, ask the question, just make sure that it's, you know, test the argument on whether or not he is the right I th person. I think it's it. the right appointment. If you look at his statistics, 13 goals, 13 assists last season, most assists for the club and second top scorer behind uh, Rashford. He scored 10 plus goals in four seasons consecutively for Manchester United. That's the top scorer in all competitions since his debut in February 2020. He's a good player. He's a better most player than people give him credit for. created in the Premier League this season, most by any Manchester United player in a season since 2003, 2004. 52 assists for Manchester United. Only Kevin De Bruyne has more assists since his Premier League debut in February 2020. So he ticks all the right boxes for me. But it doesn't, I don't think it's universal that people were saying it's a great appointment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. But now, after defying the odds last season and finishing six in the Premier League, we're going to speak to the Brighton forward, Danny Welbeck. Uh, Alex and I spoke to him last night, and I started off by asking him how gruelling his pre-season has been so far under the enigmatic boss, Roberto Di Zerbi. 
Preseason's been very good. It's been good. Um, obviously, last preseason was under Graham Potter, and it's a, it's a bit different to his preseason, but it's been really enjoyable. Been moments where obviously it's been difficult, you know, his few running sessions and stuff like that. But it's all it's very good to you know for the new players coming in to understand the new way of playing patterns of play and that sort of stuff, and you know to 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 develop that understanding of how we're going to be playing throughout the season and. It's nice for everybody to to get get them patterns going together, and yeah, it's going to stand us in good stead. Um, hopefully, we have a good start to the season. You mentioned the new faces. Obviously, one one of those is James Milner, who I imagine you would have played with probably at England level. What's it like being reunited with him, and what will he bring to the dressing room? Well, he's going to bring uh, valuable experience. You know, he's a he's a winner. He's going to bring that mentality of every single day training, um, challenge, pushing everybody to the maximum every day, having him around in and around the dressing room, setting the standards, uh, top professional. Yeah, it's a it's a great addition to the squad, and um, yeah, we can't wait to to obviously he's a face that I know pretty well and yeah I know that he's going to bring a lot to this to this club there's a few senior players now in this squad Adam Lalana, James Milner and you are you still daddy Welbs? <laughs> am I still daddy Welbs? yeah <laughs> I'll, be, I'll always be daddy Welbs. I've got two daughters so yeah I'll be daddy <laughs> Welbs. and it's, we've got a, a good um, blend of experience in the dressing room and some unbelievable talent as well and yeah I think the culture within the within the squad having that mentality to want it to progress every single year get better every single day um, stems from the manager he never lets us rest on our on, on the success that we've had if we've had one good performance he wants the next one to be better and um, yeah to have that motivation and he, he instills that belief throughout the whole club that yeah last season was a good one but we want to we want to do even better this season. On the subject of unbelievable players, one of those is clearly Moises Caicedo. A lot of speculation already about him this summer. Do you speak to him about that as a group of teammates? Are you encouraging him to stay and, and continue his adventure at Brighton? Listen, um, Moises is an incredible player, incredible guy. Before the play, he's a, he's a top person. And he has... I don't know. Um, the decision is not down to us, but we treat him exactly the same as we did uh, from the first day he arrived. He's whilst he's still here, we're still um, the same with him every single day. And until that changes, then we'll give him a hug, big hug, and we'll say bye bye. But if he doesn't, then we'll give him a big hug, say hello. <laughs> Look, um, we mentioned the, the wealth of talent in the squad. You've got the experience and you've got some some raw talent as well. You mentioned that. Evan Ferguson burst on the scene last year. Teenager, great build, scores goals. Many comparisons with Wayne Rooney, someone that you played with. You've played with them both now. Can you compare them? Wayne Rooney is Wayne Rooney and Evan's. Evan, there's not you can't compare to obviously Rooney's had a he's finished his footballing career now and he was unbelievable when he burst onto the scene. So you can see why people are saying at a young age, um Evan's burst onto the scene. He's been incredible. He's got a great um head on his uh, on his shoulders, he's got the right mentality. And if he keeps um going that way, I'm sure he'll have an amazing career also as well. And when he's finished, then you can compare the two. But for now. We'll let him uh, carry on enjoying and progressing and enjoying the pressure of uh, of performing every single week. And we, we've got 
obviously high hopes, but he's a great person and he's a great player too. It was an incredible season last year, FA Cup semi-final, highest ever league finish, qualification for Europe. How excited are you about the season ahead, about leading Brighton out in Europe? And how do you possibly go about matching or even bettering what you achieved last year? It's a tall order. Yeah, it was a great season. Um, but as I said, the manager, he's not just going to be happy with having one good season. He'll want this season to be even better. And he he will put that message across to the players and to the whole club where we want to be even better. We've got um, a great squad with some new additions and, you know, there's going to be a lot more games this season. So I think everybody's got to be ready um, to perform when called upon. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. I think obviously to go out into and play in Europa League games, that would be massive for the club, for Brighton in general. And yeah, it's an exciting one. I think obviously... We're trying to match last season and do better. We we know that we've still got a lot more to work on um, as a team and we still know that there's a lot. We've not unlocked uh, the full potential of, of our style of play and there's a lot more to come, so that is exciting. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. And I'm delighted to say that Sam Morsi, the Ipswich Town captain, joins us now. Hi, Sam. Hi, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on the programme this morning. We were just talking about captains. What do you think makes a, a good captain? What do you think your roles and responsibilities are? I think every captain's individual, really, to the club they're at and to the team that really, I think the big responsibility is, is to lead in the right way, um, lead in sort of the manager's manner. And then, of course, the most important one is lead the team in front of you. And I think that's really important. Who did you look up to in terms of captains when you were growing up and embarking on the early stages of your football career? It was always Roy Keane for me. It was always Roy Keane. I loved the way he left it all on the pitch. He left blood on the pitch. He was a terrific leader and he just seemed to get the best out of everyone around him. Um, Kieran McKenna came from Manchester United a couple of years ago now. He's been a revelation since he arrived. What what has set him apart? What has he done to reinvigorate uh, Ipswich Town? Um, it would be hard to put into words, really, one or two sort of sentences. But just from the minute he got here, um, he outlined he wanted us to be a big club. And in that, you have to behave like one, train like one. So straight away, he lifted all the standards. And then obviously you'll hear about players speaking about the tactical and the technical preparation. So there's a lot which goes into it. Um, but as well, he's a fantastic guy as well. And he goes into so much detail and prepares us so well, gives us every opportunity to do well on a Saturday. How are you set for, for the new season? What are the aspirations now that you're back in the championship? There's a, a lot of Ipswich fans who seem to be quite confident, believing that, that maybe you could make it back-to-back promotions. Certainly our own Darren Ambrose is predicting that. Is that, is that an ambition? <laughs> well, we've, we've been really enjoying pre-season. Um, a couple of new players have come in. We're probably expecting a couple of more to come in as well. And we're just working as hard as we can every day. I think the ambition last season was to become a really good team. And it's the same this season. We want to be a really good team, a close-knit team. We want to represent our values and our football club. Um, it's probably a little bit too early in terms of sort of aspiration and where you want to be. It's a long, long season. But if we can bring in the right players and the players can gel right, then, you know, we have to aim to finish as high as we can. Always transfer rumours at this stage of the season. There's been quite a few reports linking you with a move to Saudi Arabia. Can you dispel those myths? 
Yeah, it was news to me, really. Um, obviously, my full focus is this season. It's an incredible project. Um, the fans have took to me unbelievably well the moment I got here. And I'm just really enjoying this project. I think there's always been a bit of a loose link due to the fact that I've represented Egypt and uh, played for my national team. So there's always been a bit of a loose link there. But no, all focus is on this season. I'm really excited. The fans are really excited. And we really want to attack it and give them a team to be proud of this season. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Let's talk to Mark Holsey, the former referee, about VAR and the use in the Women's World Cup because the Women's World Cup Opener featured an in-stadium announcement of a VAR decision for the first time. We've been talking about this for a long time and we want sort of more explanation around VAR, more transparency, but is it enough? Uh, Mark, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sam. Good afternoon, Alex. How are you? Uh, thanks for coming Good. on. Look, I mean, we've seen it a couple of times now with the VAR in this particular tournament. And uh, it was towards the end of the game on Thursday when the VAR official intervened to instruct the referee, Yoshimi Yamashita, to review the incident on the pitch side monitor. Yamashita proceeded to do just that before informing the crowd of the outcome. And she walked onto the pitch and she spoke to the crowd and she said, after an official review, the decision is penalty. Was that enough explanation for you? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a start, isn't it? I mean, I've been an advocate for this uh, for, for a long time now. I think the fans are just as important as anybody else in football. And we need to hear the conversation between referee and VAR. So everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows what they're reviewing. They may not like the out- outcome, but they will respect it and understand how they get to that decision. OK, so what you're saying is, is that when the uh, VAR goes to the monitor... Yep. At that moment, all mics go live and we listen in. That's what you want. Absolutely. So everybody everybody knows. Everybody knows that the transparency is there. I understand broadcasters could hear what's, what, what's being said, um, but obviously the fans cannot hear what's being said. And I think it's very important. As I said, the fans is just as important as anybody else sounding football. What's the reason then? Why, why not full disclosure at this stage? Why do you think they're still protecting those conversations that happen well, directly? It, it's down to the IFAB and FIFA. It's, it has to be it has to become it has to become law. So then it has to come into you know in like if they, if they decided it wouldn't come until next next season 2024. 20, 20, 23, 24. So it, it's down to the IFAB and FIFA. Um, I know they're still they're having these conversations. Perhaps we need to speak to uh, Arsenal and get get in the, <laughs> get it rolling. So, uh, but I, I think obviously once the, I, I think there there is discussion. But I think we need to get to that, you know, get that into our game ASAP. This is something, obviously, that is on trial at the Women's World Cup. So just, just tell me at this moment in time, because having read the v, the IFAB VAR protocol, at this moment in time, those conversations between the two are outlawed. So you cannot do it in law, yes. can you? Is that correct? No, 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 no. Yes, that's correct. It has to it has to become law. Um, obviously, the IFAB laws of the game it has to become law. Um, I mean, we, we can see quite clearly. Uh, the, the, the discussion that are going on at, at the monitors. Between and I get the to hear it. Uh, when, I, when, we, when we're doing a commentary, a television commentary, I can hear it yeah. in my ear. I can hear those conversations happening. Uh, that's right. So if the, if, if the TV broadcasters can hear what's going on, why cannot the fans hear what's going on? It's mm. a brilliant question. Uh, let's turn our attention. Uh, let's just turn our attentions to domestic matters if we can. I, I guess this is almost Howard Webb's first pre-season, if you like, as as uh, head of the PGMOL. What, what, what are you expecting from him from the new campaign? Yeah, listen, the honeymoon period's over, isn't it? So, um, I mean, I've got I've got full confidence in Howard um, in in turning this around. He's got he's got a massive, massive job on his hands. 
Um, so obviously, I, I think we will see improvement. I think over the summer, they would have been working hard. Uh, obviously, it's the leadership and direction, uh, the training and education, and allowing referees to go out and referee, allowing them to referee. You know, not every, not every challenge, not every handball, you know, not every foul is a yellow card or, or a red card. So we've, we've got to let the referees referee, and, 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 and the referees have got to be strong enough if they don't agree with a, a review that's that's incorporated by the VAR. The IFAB change their laws every year from July the 1st. We'll get a new handbook. There isn't too many changes this year for, for a change. It's a bit of a wording change. Mainly it's to do with the yeah. goalkeeper and moving on the penalty line. Uh, but uh, what changes can we expect to see in the Premier League um, next year? Will we have any changes to handball? Because I, I don't think that's been clarified. No, I, I listen. It has to be done at their annual meeting every year, and um, obviously it's going it's going to be the same. But I, I think you need to, we need to we, they need to sort out you know subjective um, what what's natural and what's unnatural. You know, we looked at we we saw with the the Grealish handball, didn't we? Um, in the FA the, Cup, in the, in, the, in the FA Cup. Now, you, if you look at that, Sam, to me, in that motion, in that in that passage of play, that was that was his arms were in a natural position for that passage of play okay so if the referee's seen that and he's not giving that why are VAR getting involved in that situation yes his arms are up but they were in a natural position so I, I think I think what we need to do is we need to get ex-professionals in to speak to our to our referees to you know to, to speak to them say what's natural and what's unnatural because those that have played the game know what is natural those that haven't don't understand that that part of the law, and I think that's where we have a big, big problem with unnatural and natural position of, of the arms when the ball comes into the penalty area, or when a defender is jumping for a ball in the penalty area. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back next week to bring you the best of the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.